Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Bothell Amplified. Pastor Joe here, and I am excited to be sharing with you the third sermon of this sermon series, Everyday Prophecy, where we look to the prophets of old and see how we might uh, take on that mantle of uh, being curious about the ways of the world today and declaring and proclaiming that there might be a better future for tomorrow. Uh, This week we drew from Ezekiel chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Check out the sermon here. So I remember it was uh, 2015. Uh, Joanne and I had just moved to Bothell. Asher had just been born. And I was attending my very first pastor gathering of this area. Uh, It was a time for uh, pastors uh, starting new appointments and pastors continuing on in their appointments to connect, uh, to get to know each other, to share in fellowship. And so we're sitting in the fellowship hall of uh, one of these uh, churches, and we're seated at these round tables, and the district superintendent at the time, he, he leads us in a devotion to center us. And then he invites each one of us to share our names and our pronouns, uh, which church we were serving, and something we had learned in the past year. I don't know if you've ever been in a room full of pastors, but we sure do like to talk. There's about 10 or 12 of us in the room. It was supposed to be a 30-minute exercise, and it was going on for about an hour and a half when it was finally my turn. And I was ready to go home. So I quickly introduced myself. Hi, my name is Joe. Uh, My pronouns are he, him. I serve at Bothell, and I shared this quick little story. I said, uh, you know, it was a time when I was serving uh, in Harlem, and at that church every Sunday, the the pastor, senior pastor and I, we would walk in through the side door. We would uh, find our seats, and as the music began to wind down, I would make my way to the center of the platform, and I would welcome the congregation. Good morning, church. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I would pray, and then we would go into our opening song. And every Sunday, there was a guy, we called him Coach, and he he sat in the very first row here every Sunday, and he was always engaged, he was always energetic, he was always very verbally responsive. And so, you know, when when I would shout out, good morning, church, he would usually be the first one to be like, good morning. And then he would clap along during the songs, he would sing out loud, he would follow along in the prayers, he would be calling out, yes, Lord, praise Jesus. He would talk back during the sermons with a, come on, preacher, amen, amen, that's good. So one Sunday, I'm up here in my usual welcome, doing my thing, and I I hear Coach uh, uh, whisper yell, Pastor, Pastor. And at first, I try to ignore him. I'm trying to not make any eye contact with him. I'm looking over his head everywhere else except for there, and he keeps going, Pastor, so I finally look over in his general direction, uh, kind of indicating, like, what do you got? What do you want to share with me? What do you? He goes, Pastor, your zipper is down. <laughs> so after I shared that story, I, I told that group of pastors that I, this year I learned to check my zipper before walking to the sanctuary, and I sat back down. What was interesting was that as I was sitting down, Right? District superintendent uh, goes on to the next person, but, but before he does so, he goes, thank God for our everyday prophets. And he was right. And Coach was one of our everyday prophets. 
He saw that something wasn't right, and he spoke out about it, not just that day. I I mean, he did this uh, all the time. It it was Coach who uh, asked about the effectiveness of our food pantry. It, it, It was Coach who asked why we saw a rise in homelessness on a specific street on Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Boulevard. See, remember, as, as we're navigating the sermon series, Everyday Prophecy, uh, a prophet is one who is curious at the ways of the world and then who speaks truth to power. And we see this throughout Hebrew scriptures as prophets are raised up. But I think the challenge for us this morning and throughout this series is to question how each of us can have that posture and then to have the courage to speak out at what is happening in our world. Dr. Dan Clendenin, he says, prophets afflict the comfortable and the complacent. They disturb our status quo, question the reigning order of things, help us see the normal state of affairs in a different light, and advocate a new way of living. So today we we, we turn to Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, who's writing during the time of the Babylonian exile. And get this, so about 200 years before this is written, the kingdoms of Judah and Israel, they've been in the midst of a political turmoil and war. Surrounding the region are strong and powerful armies like Assyria and Egypt and eventually Babylon. And after a series of events that, that happened, the, the then king of Judah, his name's Jehoiakim, he, he, he once pledges his allegiance to Babylon then changes his mind and decides to lead a rebellion against Babylon, which ends incredibly badly, and it leads to the siege of Jerusalem. It leads to the surrendering of the kingdom. And the Babylonians, they they destroy the temple, and they they send the members of the royal family and and other folks with money and status and, 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 and power to Babylon to live in exile, and Ezekiel is one of those who's sent into exile. And so Ezekiel, he's in Babylon when he hears God speak, and this is important because the, the, the Jerusalem temple was destroyed. And as it's destroyed, the people of Israel believed at that time that God had given up on them. See, this temple, it was a symbol of God's promise and God's presence with them. Remember all the way back to Egypt in Exodus, when God delivers God's people from Egypt through the wilderness, they carried God in the ark. And when they get to the promised land, it's God who instructs them where the home of God would be. And that, this is it. It's, it's, it's the temple. The temple held God's presence, and now it's destroyed. Where is God? And Ezekiel, he, he hears God's response. I'm here. I'm still with you. I'm with you even now, even in this foreign place, and I will bring you home. Later in the book, uh, we we see God telling Ezekiel to, to show the people, to remind the people of God's faithfulness, to challenge them to experience that faithfulness afresh anew to to begin to understand how their current situation fits into God's unending story of faithfulness. 
And he takes on these, these sort of uh, not usual styles. <laughs> he, he, he starts by eating scrolls in public. And he, and he builds this model temple, and, and he lies down in the public square next to this model temple for uh, hundreds of days. And it, he symbolizes the destruction and exile. He, he then packs these big bags and, and lugs them around the city. He's convinced that God wants the people to see themselves as wanderers and nomads, and so that's his next act. And I'm not sure if I could do this, but, but, but he cut his beard. I worked hard on mine, but... Uh, he cut his beard in public, and God tells him to burn a third of it, and then to cast another third of it into the wind, and to take that last third and chop it up. The judgment's coming. And then he sees this wheel spinning in the sky, and he sees these dry bones given life, and he talks about resurrection and new life, the return of the people to the land, but life anew. And he, he, he sees this temple, this, this glorious new temple, but, but, but all that comes later. See, as we get to the beginning of our text that Marcia read for us this morning, as we, we start on his journey, we, we see that his role as a prophet will not be an easy one. And I love how, how our text starts, Right? God speaks to Ezekiel and says, O mortal, stand up on your feet, and I will speak with you. Do you know why God first told Ezekiel to stand up on his feet? It's because chapter 2 starts with him on his face. We go to the end of chapter 1, and he receives these initial visions from God, and Ezekiel says, When I saw it, I fell on my face, and I heard the voice of someone speaking. And that's how chapter 1 ends. And chapter 2 starts with God saying, Mortal, stand up. So, so, so get this, right? Ezekiel is a priest. He has status. He has power. He has authority. He has money all in Babylon. And then he's exiled. So he's humbled in exile. No status, no more property, no more riches, no more prestige, no more security. And so he's living in this humbled life. But when he sees that vision, he falls on his face and he's humbled again, humbled even more. When he's laid prostrate on the floor, he's at the most ultimate posture of humbleness, humility. And that's when he hears the voice of God. O mortal, stand up on your feet, and I will speak with you. You know, sometimes I think we have the tendency to, to claim to be the voice of God, to, to be the prophetic voices of God, but we approach it from, from a posture that's so wrong. We approach our, our faith with arrogance. We approach our faith with self-righteousness. We, we approach our faith with so much conviction that we lose sight of whose truth we are claiming, and it's not ours. We, we, we try to make our communities and our societies to believe what we believe, and we forget that God is God, and we are not. So what would it look like for us to take on a posture of humility in our faith? Might we be better positioned 
to listen for God's voice, to be, to be more aware of God's presence in our lives if we took on that posture of humility. Because see, what happens is that God does lift Ezekiel to his feet, and God does fill him with his presence. God fills Ezekiel with the Spirit. From that posture of humility, that, that posture of listening, that posture of surrender, God tells Ezekiel to stand up and I will speak with you. And listen to what God says. Because the rest of our passage gives Ezekiel his mandate, his, his purpose. God says, mortal, I am sending you to the people. I am sending you to them, and you shall say to them, thus says the Lord. And I love verse 5, too. It says, whether they hear or refuse to hear, they shall know that there has been a prophet among them. Whew. See, Ezekiel's job and our job is to go where we're sent. That's it. It's to proclaim the vision of God's beloved community, God's preferred future, whether people hear it or not. It's not our role to worry about whether people hear or refuse to hear. It is our role to proclaim the possibility of a world that is not yet. Even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, even when it's unpopular and unnerving, it is our role to proclaim a world that could be. So I wonder what messages our communities are hearing. Popular media seems to lift the voices of the religious right while keeping more moderate to progressive voices to the margins. Hate and judgment and fear and white Christian nationalism, they, they take center stage they're extolled, they're, they're, they're amplified, while love, and belonging, and hope, and peace are snuffed out. You know, just this week, I, I was meeting some friends of uh, friends, it's the first time, and we were doing those introductions, right? Hey, I'm, I'm Joe, and I'm, you know, and we're going back and forth, and, you know, usually the conversation goes, oh, well, what do you do? I said, uh, I'm a pastor. And the look on their face made me want to follow up, and I did, saying, oh, but not that kind of pastor. Right? That breaks my heart. It makes me incredibly sad that I have to defend my faith against the dominant narrative of what it means to be a Christian. Where is our voice? Where are we? What narratives are we challenging and shaping in our society that we may speak truth to power, a truth that proclaims peace and joy and belonging and love? Church, where, where are we being sent? Where are you being sent? from that posture of humility to being filled with the Spirit, where are you being sent to be the presence of that liberating God 
to all the world. I hope and I pray that we have the courage and the boldness to be the people that God calls us to be. It's time. Let's not wait anymore. Let's not be silent anymore. Let's proclaim the truth that lives in our hearts and at the core of who we are as a church, that all may come to know God's peace and love and hope and joy. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks for the ways you show up in our lives, for the times that we can gather in worship and community online and in person here in the building, and that we might hear the ways in which you are calling us and the ways in which you are sending us. So give us the posture of humility and grant us the boldness and courage to hear and to speak out in those places where you send. It is in your holy name that we pray. Amen. All right, so that was our third sermon in this current series. Uh, Next week, we're going to wrap the series up uh, looking at Jeremiah, and then we'll move on to uh, some one-offs as we bring in some guest speakers in August and and learn from others. Um, Today at Bothell, I invited uh, our community to be intentional in listening and posturing ourselves uh, humbly before speaking and and to imagine the impact that that would have in our community and in our world. I hope you might take that challenge too um, and that we might all experience transformation this week. Have a wonderful week and uh, we'll talk to you soon.